Hello, my name is Taylor Clement. I'm the head of school at Kirk Day School. And I'm Maria Massey, the assistant head of school at Kirk Day School. Well, today we are coming at you with really more of a special episode because we have to do it this time of year. Um, I don't think we really want to do it, but we have to each and every year, and that's the October Blues. Yes, you know, there's so many great things about the rest of the world during the month of October, especially on a day, you know, today we're recording and it's finally 60 degrees outside and it feels like fall. And there's so many other lovely things about fall, but the blues are not one of them. That's right. And we're not talking about the hockey blues. Just to be very clear, uh, Maria is not a Blackhawks fan at all. Uh, We're talking about this seasonal change. And, you know, I think as there's been uh, a lot of attention given to mental health over the years, especially um, within recent, we get seasonal affective disorder. We get the things that come out of COVID. But something that we've talked about for years prior to COVID was this aspect of what it's like in October, the days are getting shorter, nights are getting longer, there's more homework, there's less new, and we're going to go through this, but it's it's a reminder, and I think, honestly, um, some of you that listen to the podcast more regularly know that this is not something that, that we skip over, and you're probably like, wow, why are y'all hitting this again? And it's because we see it every single year, and we need to be reminded of this every single year. Yeah, because we normally forget, and we're looking around, and we're like, why have we all lost feel like we've lost our mind in a week's time and it's then we were like oh yeah it's october that's exactly right um so i will start with, with this last night katie and i were um having dinner and it was one of those you know dinners in between soccer practices and and everything and so we picked up chick-fil-a and katie and i were sitting at the dinner table and we let our kids go to another room and watch a show together and eat dinner together which was amazing because you have to have that spousal time and I will defend that to Leonard Sachs even by the way <laughs> um but we were we were just talking and I was just talking about how hard things felt and there were just a couple of like personal things that, that were going on and we were just really unpacking it, it was a really sweet time to just kind of connect uh husband to wife and she looked at me and unprompted she goes do you have the October blues I was truth like, I was like ah yeah, that's what I have. It happens to kids and adults. It very much does. So today what we'll do is we'll, we'll talk through, again, the things that are happening this time of year. Um, and it may not be affecting your child or your family right now. That's totally fine. Uh, but even if it doesn't happen in October, there is this aspect, there is this little disease, so to speak, that, that hits us social, socially and emotionally that we need to unpack and, and do that. So, so we'll start doing that. Uh, right now. Yeah, so if we define the October blues, I would say it's, you know, a period second week of October through probably the end of October, if we want to get really specific, where it just feels like we're a little bit more tired, we're a little bit more cranky, we're a little bit more sensitive, our children are. uh, And some of it, I think, I mean, there's a lot of different factors that we have anecdotally, you know, said it's a change in season, Uh, it's change in weather, it's the daylight for me is huge. My goodness, it is like a day of mourning for me when we when we fall back an hour. Um, seriously, worst day of the year for me because I'm so affected by the fact that the sun goes down at 4.30. And so that's starting to happen. You're really noticing that difference. Uh, I think that's that's important to note. And then, too, school-wise, we're in the second quarter now. And we're not in review time anymore. We're in learning new material. And 
that's when things may start to get hard or stressful with work, especially for our upper grades as we continue to prepare them for the next steps. Right. And so those are all things that are factoring into what we call the October blues, but are, you know, generally speaking, uh, tired, cranky, sensitive, stressed, some of the symptoms. Yeah. So I'm going to go, I, I know anybody who knows me loves, knows I love sports. Um, and right now they're, they're doing a lot as sports writers are doing a lot of mid season grades, right? So, you know, who's going to what bowl and for college football and who, who's on tr uh, track to be an NFL and offensive MVP for this league and, and on and on. And the reason why I bring that up is our seasons in school, very similar to the football season, we start, there's a lot of excitement, there's a lot of newness, there's some ups and downs, but then all of a sudden you're in the middle of the season. And quite frankly, we're dealing with injuries and we're dealing with how are things going. We are getting our mid-season grade and our report cards, which will be going home tomorrow, um, at least post-recording tomorrow. And these are all things that really do add up on the kids. But it's a little bit like stacking, right? Um, and the thing is, is we start school when there's a layer. Then we have a new teacher and there's another layer. We're starting soccer or volleyball. There's another layer. Then maybe something changes in your home life. Um, you know, good, bad, and different. Um, you know, my daughter started dance. And so there's another layer. And they're not always bad. But we start to layer ourselves and we don't realize the amount of weight we're carrying and then all of a sudden, it really is kind of the straw that broke the camel's back. It's that one test assignment. And now everything you've been irked about uh, comes out. And our goal isn't here to say, hey, parents, back off. Don't talk to us about these problems. Our goal is to basically help with that realization that these do come. I have to be reminded of it. Maria, I know you, you have to be reminded of it. Um, but these, this is just where we are. And this is something that we're going to experience every year. And quite frankly, if there is a blessing here, it's that this is normal. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the few things I can say is normal right For now. For sure. And I would say it's so weird to come off of a fall break and not feel re-energized. And, you know, I think, like, I always hope for that. Um, but sometimes it doesn't happen. And fall break is not that long. Uh, and, you know, I think the difference in this school year, maybe compared to where we were at this time last year, Kids are in a lot more activities than they were at this time last year, potentially, yeah. maybe, right. I, you know, depending on, on how involved you guys are. And so that's something to um, remember is is for some of these kids, it may be, it may have been like two years since. Well, I know second grade, so they took a field trip yesterday. And second grade, that was their first field trip since pre-COVID when they were in kindergarten. So, I mean, it's been almost two years since they had had a field trip. That's crazy. Right. And two years in the lives of seven and eight year olds. And that's a, that's <laughs> a long time. It's a long time. So they had their first field trip. And, and I think there is there is that. So we have this very complex social dynamic of COVID. OK, so there we can check the box that we mentioned COVID. And then you layer on normal life. And we haven't had both. Right. Yeah, you're right. It's, we it, have not. It's been, it was normal life, then it was COVID, and now we're seeing these two things blend, and it makes for something that's very complicated. It is, it is not even, a, and I would joke, it's not even a zebra where you see black and white, right? And it might be the same. No, this thing is a swirl of gray, mm -hmm. and we don't know, and it's tough to identify. And when you throw children in on it, it makes it even more difficult mm -hmm. to identify. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, truth be told, um, 
it's I'm glad that there's some normalcy to it, but I'm also I'm also hopeful that we can at least learn to kind of slow things down. And if we also look one more thing real quick, Maria, um, if we also look at just kind of the arc of the school year. Yes. Though the first four and a half weeks can be pretty exciting. And if you look at Kirk Day School getting all the way to maybe October 2nd with, you know, KDS night at the ballpark and uh, different, different items there. I, I would say after we get back from fall break, we have a few weeks and our kids start singing Christmas songs. We start preparing for Thanksgiving. We get into the Christmas season, and then we get a long break. We come back. You have winter. You have snow days. You get to spring break. You come back from spring break. There's Easter break. Then the seasons are changing. You move out of daylight savings time into, into standard time and on and on. And so there's there's a rhythm there. But between this, this moment of October, it's honestly, if you look at it just from a break standpoint and that workload, it's one of the few times where a lot of these things touch it. I wouldn't. I don't even know if I would say overlap, but it, um, they all kind of touch in this one moment, and so it becomes a very sensitive time of the school year um, in comparison to maybe any other time. Even though we might be just as busy, there's a difference in the weight of it because not many families are out there, you know, parading on Columbus Day um, or Indigenous Peoples Day or Halloween. You know, it's 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 a different rhythm. Yeah, and you know, we go from Labor Day to fall break without a break, which is about a month and a half, which is a long time in in the life of a school. I would say on average, we have at least one day off a month yeah. on average. Yeah. And obviously that will, we're getting ready to enter into a season where we'll have quite a bit of time off, which is great. But I would say, yeah, like th- this time period and then, you know, skipping ahead to like after Martin Luther King Day through... <laughs> you know, spring break, um, is some of the toughest stretches of time. And some of it is because we live in the Midwest and that is just the winter in the Midwest. Uh, but, and, and, you know, we're, we're at this point where we're, we can't quite anticipate Thanksgiving and Christmas yet. Maybe more Thanksgiving than Christmas. Christmas still feels like a long way off. It does. And, uh, so we're kind of in this dead time really. So to speak, where things right. are routine and mundane, and we're like, gosh, why do we have to get up and go to school every day? Like, this is hard. I don't like this. Well, and, and it's interesting. Last night it was it was six thirty, and I, I was walking and looked at my front lawn, and I was like, it is already dark. I got up early this morning. I left before seven o'clock, and I was like, it is already dark. Yeah. <laughs> or still dark, rather. And so I, th- there, there is something that, that makes it <laughs> difficult. Is. Now, here we are lamenting on these things, and I know we've kind of uh, thrown a lot of things into this podcast ether right now of, of different ideas, but, but let's talk um, more practically, and, and I'm going to even go theologically. What do we do with this? Um, you know, and so from a practical, and I would almost say secular standpoint, what do you do with this if you're a parent and you're just kind of feeling it? And Katie and I, part of what preempted our conversation last night was we have a busy weekend. We have a busy weekend ahead of us, and it's no one's fault. It's not one person. We didn't sign up for anything that was too much. It just happened to be here. And we were like, okay, what can we take off our plate? And we figured out one thing we could take off. How can we also manage the hopes of the other? And we tried to work through that. Um, but that's for us here and now, and we can do that, but we also are able to recognize it. But some of you might be listening and going, 
yeah, my life has felt like the October blues. Mm-hmm. And so what are some ways, Maria, that just kind of concrete ways that families can at least address these things that, that are harder? Yeah, I think we we can definitely borrow from our um, somewhat self-aware culture that we have right now to say that self-care is a good thing and self-care is something that is needed and self-care can look a lot of different ways and it looks different for your for different kids. And so I would say, first of all, parents allow yourself the freedom to say no to something whether that's a birthday party or a soccer game or, you know, something at church, it is okay to say no. It is understandable that that it may not be what's best for your family. And modeling that for your kids is always a good thing, uh, that, that they have the ability to say no when they need to. I would say the other thing, too, is just to, to ride the wave a little bit okay. and – you know, even even if we go to the 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 psychological um, side of this, uh, most things, you know, seriously, depression, that kind of thing, um, anxiety, it's got to be for two weeks or more, at least, at least on the bare minimum. Right. Um, and so give give your kids some time to work through it. Be patient. Um, acknowledge, validate the the experience that they're having allow some time to problem solve, but you don't have to do that all in one sitting. Um, and, and then also ask yourself, okay, is this a phase? Is this, a, is this more of a pattern? Uh, is this something that, that is going to stick around? And sometimes we don't know that right away. And so I'd say if you're a month in, you know, it, it, you may want to reach out to, the, to your teacher um, or to some other resources around you to say, hey, this is what I'm seeing. What are you seeing? Um, that might be helpful. But I would say, you know, don't be afraid to give it a few weeks. I know it's not a fun few weeks, but also uh, our moods do that too as adults. Right, right. Well, and we, and we really do go through those incredible seasons. And I think identifying why am I in this season is is ultimately the, the biggest question that we're asking. And so, you know, we're going to start with why. Why am I feeling this way? Is it because there's been something major that has occurred in your life? Has there been a life, death, you know, job loss or, you know, has there been something that has has thrust you into this feeling or is this just something that you feel like has kind of lopped on gradually? And again, we go back to that stacking or that layering and we see all those things begin and and it is, let's take this off of our plate. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, just one quick, like this may feel like semantics, but with, with children, especially the younger ones, asking the question, what, what is it that made you do that? Or what is it that's making you feel that way is a a little bit more concrete rather than asking the why, why are you feeling this way? Because that's such a, uh, I mean, that's a loftier, unstructured type of, um, question. And so even just asking specifically what instead of why is great. Um, obviously, once you get older and older kids, they can they can grasp that more. Right. Um, but the what is really helpful in that concreteness for, for our younger kids. So even as you're having those conversations, just using that that word. Um, but that's a great it's a great conversation to have. What's going on? What, yeah. Why are you feeling? What is it that's bothering you? And allowing them the time and the space to express that without us coming in and feeling like, Hey, I've got to fix this for them. Or Mm, I need to, I need to make sure I, I 
I kind of create this environment that is perfect. It's like we have to do hard things sometimes. And it's okay to tell our kids that. Um, and we can also problem solve with them. Right. Well, and one of the things that kind of perpetuated my conversation with my wife even was the fact that she felt like she had a lot going on. And I I paused, and, and I do not often pause before I speak when, when we're talking about things like this, but I paused. I said, do you need me to fix anything? I can't believe I asked that question. I know the heavens it's opened many, up. Many years of experience speaking yeah. right there. Uh-huh. Um, and I asked, do you need me to fix anything? And she said, no. And I said, okay, I feel like I need to fix something. And she said, you do not. And it was helpful. It was helpful to acknowledge it. It was helpful to move on. Um, none of this is, is, you know, some savant speaking. That's honestly what I would call God's grace being poured <laughs> merciless or mercy, his mercy being poured out, uh, a lot on me in, in that moment. But, you know, there, there's another thing that I would say. Um, to the, when I think back in college, when my wife and I dated in college, and I just remember her and I would, would get a little homesick in the fall and we were dating pretty seriously. We knew we were probably going to get married and, and everything. And we just kind of, we were just together and we were, and we were great friends while we were dating. Right. And we would go to Cracker Barrel when we'd get homesick. Now, why, why Cracker Barrel? Well, number one, it's, you know, home style food. And number two, it's, you know, you've got a fire and it's cozy and it's nice. And I remember going to this little Cracker Barrel in Birmingham and we would go there pretty regularly. And even in the spring, we were th- I was in Birmingham for a funeral with my family and we were t- telling my mom, hey, this is actually where we used to come anytime we got homesick. And I say that because I think it's okay to have something to look forward to. I think it's okay to kind of get out of your norm, to break that routine up, to break the monotony up. Um, and then the second thing that I would, I would add to what you're saying, Maria, is the idea that many of us are trying right now to practice honor over honesty. And this is a phrase that, that psychologists have used. And it's something that, that I work hard on because frankly, a lot of you, if you see me out in carpool, I'm going to work on honor over honesty. And that's not a good thing. And that, I know that sounds, that sounds funny. It sounded like I was setting it up differently. I'm not. You want to be honest. You want to be honest with your kids. You want to be honest with your spouse. You want to be honest with, with people instead of worrying about your honor. Um, you know, and there's certain times where I want my family to honor the commitments that they have made. I, don't, I didn't want my son to miss soccer practice last night when he was tired. I don't think that's a good excuse for it. However, if my son was emotionally beat down and he was really unwilling to go and we were tearful, then I would say, hey, I need to be honest about this. My son is not doing great. We need to press the brakes. We need to have some family time and slow this train down and reset. Maybe go to Cracker Barrel for dinner, right? <laughs> they do have good good dinner. Uh, they have great dinner, yeah. um, especially since they put their Sunday chicken on the regular menu. Yeah, um, yeah uh, so some of you are like, wow, that guy's way more <laughs> southern than I thought. Um, <clears throat> but... I do think that's a huge thing because we want to press on. We want to press through. We value that in our Western American culture. And if we're going very pinpointing, we value that in our West County culture to power through and and have our honor intact because we've worked really hard for it and we can put on a good show for it. But when our kids are suffering and we're feeling this emotional stress, and, and I would even go as far, you're going to think I'm crazy for some of you listening. I would even say that with grades. Tell the teacher that you need a break. We're in elementary school. This is the time they need a break. 
give the kids a break. Yeah, it's funny. I was actually going to say, like, it's okay if you, they need to go out to breakfast with you to go out to breakfast with you. Absolutely. Like, they will be fine. Um, the teachers, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what they would say. I'm, they'd be in support of that, too. But, yes. um, of course. But, yeah. Just give your that teachers a head up and they'll be fine. Yeah. Um, but it's true. And that's yeah. something that we see. And so all the things that we're touching on right now are really breaking the monotony, breaking the routine, and acknowledging and asking the question, what am I feeling and why? And if you're able to answer that, why? And then is there something to help break that up? And I think the important thing to remember, too, is if you're taking those steps to say, okay, we are going to take a break, we are going to slow down, I'm going to let my kids stay at home today, use that time for activities that are engaging and encouraging. Uh, I think there's it's important to to use that time to connect and because that's ultimately what what heals us um right is connection even for the introverts even for the people who don't want to be around people a lot um there there's still it's still good and there's still space for you to have some of that connection time so if you do decide to let your kids stay at home make sure you at least have a meal with them or go for a walk together or do something to connect with them rather than, you know, just letting them watch TV all day, which is, don't get me wrong, sometimes needed. Like what well, I wouldn't right. do for a day where I could just sit and watch sit TV. And watch TV. Yes. Well, and, and that is, that's, that's a huge thing, Maria, talking about that, of, of even just allowing them to sit together and not as a parent be on your phone while Curious George Bufest is on or that you're trying to, you know, watch something that they want to watch, but, but being engaged with them, talking about those things with them, um, I do think that is, is an incredible moment. Um, but when you, the other thing I would, I would just kind of compare it to, you know, you mentioned early winter. And so let's say January through, through early March, the one thing that we always have the excitement of is a potential snow day. We always have that. We don't have a potential snow day right now. And why do we love snow days? It's the impromptu day off of school. We get to stay in our pajamas. We get to sleep in a little bit late. We get that break that we need, but yet here it's tough to acknowledge that, that we actually need it. And please understand, for those of you who are like, man, y'all sound like some sissies. I get it. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm going, you put your head down and you bear through these things. But what I realize is that's not always what's best is to bear down, not, especially when you don't have to. Yeah, and again, I know we want to teach our kids to do hard things. I want my kid to be gritty. Yeah, and it's also in our culture and in our society, it is gritty to say I need a break or I need some rest. I mean, that's just, I get it. That's just not super accepted. Right. And, I mean, I am definitely ambitious and an achiever, so I'm right there with you. I mean, we both have that. Like, you work until you're just work to the bone, right? Um, and And there's really good to that. Um, belief, but there's also some areas where that might not serve us as well. And so it's just, just a balance trying to figure that out and just recognizing that this is a season, literally a season where that may come up more. We may be more easily there. Right. Right. Well, and let's, let's shift a little bit now from kind of the practical. So we've, we've hit these practical steps. Let's now go to the more theological. 
and this is where this is where I think we can zoom out of even October and when we've gone through things in life and we go through hard things because we will, right? Um, where where then do we go? Um, and and I know we're taking a break from our our big questions, little people podcast, but some of this is is coming to that uh, and and kind of back into that that same vein here here may be a merge lane rather. Um, when we're doing this, how do we approach this theologically? How do we approach a bad day? How do we approach that from from an aspect of being like, am I grateful? I just want to complain. All right, so if we're shifting this to a more theological discussion, and it's not that hard things won't happen. We know Scripture tells us that, that we're not guaranteed of that, you know. But there is an aspect of like, well, what do we do? Like, I just want to complain. I just want to vent, right? We, we use those excuses and you know what, God, I don't really feel too close to you on a Wednesday at 4.30 in the afternoon when it's raining and kind of cloudy and dark. I just, my job isn't, it doesn't feel like I need to just turn on Joy FM and, and rock out on the way home. It feels more like I would kind of like to curl up in a blanket and go to sleep for a day or two. Mm-hmm. Um, but yet here we are, there are seasons in life. Scripture tells us that there are seasons. And I kind of wonder what do we do theologically and what are we teaching our kids and how are we impacting rather would be a better way to say it their own theology as it's developing as we go through a season like this yeah i mean there's two things that come to mind automatically um the first one is the bible's very dedicated to lament there are multiple books multiple authors who spend chapters and chapters of lament of saying lord why are we in this pain how long will you leave me suffering in this so to have a bad day or complain about a bad day i mean obviously there's a balance to be struck there but lamenting is not a sin right it does not mean that you do not have faith it does not mean that you do not believe in jesus it is a part of life we live in a broken world and we will have to lament and we will need to lament and i think the question is always in our lamenting who are we turning to are we turning to something other than the lord which brings me to my second point which is in the midst of busy seasons asking ourselves where our priorities are right so um, time is a, is the most precious commodity we have. And it, it tells us a lot about what we value. Not everything, but a lot. And so I think the question is, okay, in the midst of this hard season, am I prioritizing the, the one true source of rest? Or are we, are we letting that down, the priori- priority list? Sometimes there are seasons where that's probably going to happen, you know, uh, for sure. And we go through harder seasons in our, in our walk with the Lord. But l- teaching our kids to lament, you talk about a lifelong skill and something that is going to build lifelong disciples of Christ because this world is hard. This world is hard, and it will challenge us, and it will question and test us all the time. And if we don't have lamenting as part of our walk with the Lord, I I mean, it's hard to continue to walk with the Lord because it's not sunshine and daisies. So 
there there's a lot there that you actually said that I'm I'm thinking through and I think the first thing is our relationship with the Lord. Um I feel like this feels really thick for just a bad couple of days or a bad little season. This feels heavy. Heavier than I would want to because part of me is like Taylor, man up and just suck it up. Suck it, suck up. it up. That's exactly right. Like that's what I I am thinking, but there's a few things here. Number one, scripture is is clear about seasons. Seasons in life, seasons in the weather. It is very clear that there there is a there are season for everything and you know, cue the song by the birds, right? Um we've all heard it many, many times. But as you were talking about that relationship with the Lord, one of the things that we have been trying to build, at least within the culture of, within our faculty and definitely within our administrative team, is clear as kind. Unclear is unkind. There is clarity and there is kindness when we are clear with the Lord mm-hmm. and saying, God, I'm mad right now. I'm frustrated. I don't even know why I'm frustrated. And if you look at the the story even of, of the father who is, is begging Jesus to heal his daughter, he says, I believe, help my unbelief, right? There are times when we feel in our soul that we need something, but we cannot articulate it. And God is there, and Scripture says he's a paraclete for that. He is the helper for that. How do we lean on the Holy Spirit to then say, I'm feeling this, and you know what? Between you and me, Lord, I feel like a wimp. Mm-hmm. And I feel, and I, and, I, and I know I keep saying that, and, and a lot of this is my own, again, honor over honesty, right? But I'm try, as I try to figure that out, I go, okay, I need to lean on the Lord. I need to lean on his goodness. And I need to let him know, hey, God, if I'm being really clear, I'm really frustrated. This mm-hmm. just doesn't feel great. Well, and it's interesting the way he designed us. Um, and I, I won't get too much into the science of this, but oftentimes we think if we express those, what's the point in expressing that frustration or those feelings? It's not going to change anything. It actually does, like physiologically. And there there has been um, some research done around this that the the letting out the expression um, of our emotions helps us organize it, helps us process it, and helps us become more aware of what's going on, right? When we're in hard seasons, there can be a lot of confusion for us around what it is that is going on and because it's all disorganized in our brains and the actual letting out of that and, and talking through that and processing that is what helps us organize it, realize it, um, recognize it and I realize I'm a counselor and I'm saying this so um you know I'm I'm somewhat biased but it there there is something that physiologically happens to us when we can give that kind of clarity to the Lord and there's also an organization and a self-awareness that comes with that so what I'm what I'm hearing you say in this and and staying on this depth of theological thought is that we need to be like Frank Constanza and have an airing of grievances at a festivus. Yeah, I mean, I, I again, we have to re- remind ourselves who we're ultimately airing those grievances to, which is a Lord that can handle them. Which is funny because I think you didn't pick up on my Seinfeld reference. Well, you know me, I'm more <laughs> of an office fan. <laughs> I'm not going to lie, Seinfeld's a little old for me. Um 
So wow. hello, boomer. <laughs> <It> was, <laughs> um, no, and and I say that because he he mentions that, and you know, and, and even though they're making fun of it, there is something to it. And he starts in the in the in the fest of his episode. I've got a lot of problems with you people, mm-hmm. but yet if you look at scripture, and we and we do go back to that, we a have a God who can easily handle that, right? No problem. The second the second component to it is throughout scripture, people are saying. Hey God, I'm really I'm feeling really down. Yeah. Like, I feel like you abandoned me. Why are you so downcast? Yes. Like I mean, it's yeah, it's very evident. And then you have a psalm like Psalm 23, you know that that pulls us back and reminds us, okay, the Lord is our shepherd. He will make us lie down in green pastures, right? right? And I don't by green pastures, I don't mean that life is going to become easy. Like that's you know, I think that's a misnomer. It's not necessarily about life becoming easier, but the gospel becoming bigger. Yeah, yeah. Um, so as we finish, one thing that I would say, you know, this time of year, you know, you've got your pumpkin spice lattes and everything else that comes because we want to get cozy. But a book that I would I would just highly recommend is uh, to share some Warren's uh, Prayers in the Night. It is a phenomenal book, but she really talks through a, a good portion of what does this feel like? What does this look like? to have, um, to feel a little lonely, to feel a little down. Now she gets into some, some really big things, but I think while we've hit on some pretty major topics and it's like, wow, I was just kind of mad that my kid had like four reading assignments. I, you know, it, it, four reading assignments is fine in a normal year, but we're, we're also, as we're trying to get back to normalcy, we're layering a pretty heavy layer on top of COVID, right? Or rather, we're already carrying that heavy layer. And and I think this is where we need to be very specific and just slowly identify, press the brakes, make sure that we are we have a, a healthy understanding between one another. She does a great job of unpacking that. Um, and so I would I would recommend her. The other the other thing that I would say is, you know, find joy, find find ways to have these moments, it, you know, and be clear with your family. Uh, of what you need, both as a parent and, and get your kids to be clear of what they need. My daughter right now kind of doesn't need anything. She's fine. She's fine. My son, he, need, yeah. he needs a little bit of poking and prodding, and we need we need a little bit of that. And we experienced some of that overfall break, which was great, and we had some really healthy conversations behind it. But I would say having those conversations and being willing to have the courage to ask ask that question and sit in it, um, and that's that's scary as a parent because you don't know what you're going to get. Yeah, for sure. And you mentioned prayer. Tim Keller did a series on prayer on his podcast. Um, gosh, I guess that was a year and a half ago. I'm sure it's still up there, but it was wonderful. And it did a great job. He went through the Lord's Prayer, and um, it did a great job of reorganizing it to remember who we're going to. Who is it that we're we're seeking when we pray? And are we are we giving the honor and the praise to him before we come and air our grievances to him, which is just a really great reminder um, for us because that's sometimes what prayer can feel like, right? So anyways, um, yeah, hold on, hang on, hang on. It's not that bad. Christmas is coming, which is great. (laughs) Father Christmas, um, as C.S. Lewis writes in the Narnia books. So um, Maria, thanks Um, for those listening. You know, I think if you hear one thing, just take heart, be intentional. 
um, uh, about this and, and know that it's a season, yes, but it doesn't mean that it doesn't feel real and, and in the moment. And as the old proverb goes, it doesn't matter the size of the rock when it's in your shoe. And sometimes these rocks might be small and we don't want to show people, but they can cause a lot of pain nonetheless. So, But for now, thank you guys. We'll be coming back with another podcast on the big questions for little people. But for now, we appreciate you guys listening. <laughs>